So today we continue this sermon series called The Days of Our Lives and we are, uh, we are considering the episodes of faith in our church's lifetime. The first Sunday we were in this series, uh, we were just after World War II and we were considering how the church was attempting to give people something to hold on to. C.S. Lewis and other apologists were doing that with doctrine and with stories. Last week we ventured into the 50s and we looked at the rise of the evangelical movement and Billy Graham and the, the idea of what it means to be born again. And today we're now into the 60s and we're visiting with Martin Luther King Jr. and his idea of the beloved community where everybody is somebody in God. Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey. Amen. So my children and I were driving home from a soccer practice, and we were doing what every normal family does on their way back from a soccer practice. We were listening to a sermon. <laughs> And not even a recent sermon, we were listening to a sermon preached over 50 years ago and one preached by Dr. King. Isn't that what every normal family does on the way back from soccer practice? Listen to Dr. King preach? My kids are going to need therapy, aren't they? <laughs> the sermon we were listening to was preached by Dr. King in 1967 in Chicago, Illinois. And it was a sermon preached on the text before us today. And Dr. King called the sermon, Why Jesus Called a Man a Fool. He begins the sermon, I want to share with you a dramatic little story from the gospel as recorded by St. Luke. It is a story of a man who by all standards and then the congregation started in behind him and they were saying, yes, speak, doc, speak. A man who by all standards of measurement would be considered a highly successful man, yet, okay, choir, I'm gonna need your help with this. Okay, here we go, there, there it is. This, you see, now we get the feeling. Here we go, here we go. And yet Jesus called the man a fool. Yeah. And on Dr. King went, given the context of the passage, he said, if you read that parable, you would discover that the central character in the drama is a certain rich man. <laughs> this man was so, we're doing really well with this, was so rich 
that his farm yielded tremendous crops. And after this, Dr. King uh, finished this part of the sermon, and I paused it, and I said to the kids, what do they call that? What do they call that when the congregation joins in the sermon like that? Do you know? And they said, no. I said, this is what is known as call and response. And then there was a period of silence. And one of my dear children quipped, Why don't they do that for your preaching, Daddy? <laughs> and I looked at this child sideways and I said, Well, child, because I am not Dr. King. No one, and I mean no one, is going to call me Dr. King, not my wife, not my mother, not even Jesus. In fact, in fact, today as we consider this passage together, I'm not so much worried about what Jesus thinks and what Jesus might call me as I handle the pulpit or as you handle your professions, but how he considers how we handle our possessions and what he will call us in light of that because today as Dr. King puts it Jesus calls a man a fool and of all the things that I hope Jesus will call me fool is near the bottom of my list And if Jesus were to call me a fool, let it be about something other than this. Let it be that I'm a fool because I'm an anxious person, that I'm impatient, that I say something unkind. But don't let Jesus call me a fool for something like this, for putting my possessions and my relationship with my possessions above the other important relationships in my life, especially my relationship with God. Of all the things that I hope Jesus will call me one day, fool is near the bottom of my list. What do you hope that Jesus will call you? Of all the things that I hope that Jesus will call our church, fool is near the bottom of that list. Fool is near the bottom of that list. But if what we see happening in our church is any indication and God will have, Jesus will have, many better names to choose from. He might call us faithful. One look at how we use the space in our church and the space in our lives for small groups and Bible studies. He saw the strength of the participation. 
we have in our Alpha program and in our Kai's lecture this fall, Jesus might call us faithful. He might call us obedient as a community, especially if he peeked in on us in the month of November. We have remembered what he said in Matthew 25 about serving the least of these. And we're together with six churches challenged to do 7,000 hours of service obediently following the call of Matthew 25 to serve the least of these. So he might call us obedient. He might call us forward-thinking. He might, since we have a deep commitment to the next generation of church leadership, we're watching with great pride as one of our own, Tyler Brink's journeys through seminary. We're investing in the growth of younger ministers like Chris Hallam and Alex Kim through our residency program. If he peered into the service being live-streamed at Kirk West at Fox Run, if he took a gander at our relationship with First Presbyterian Troy, he might call us cooperative. If he saw the way that our Stephen ministers are dedicated to those that are hurting, the way that our deacons instigate so much kindness, like with the flower vases that we have every week to take to people that need a little bit of sunshine. Like with Adopt-A-Family and the Martha Meals, if he looked at that, he might call us compassionate. If he saw how the children and youth of our church are being formed, in just the ways you've witnessed today with the Bibles and the choir, but also with the classes and the outings and the mission trips and the conferences, well, then he might call us nurturing. If he saw how this building offers sanctuary to worshipers, to seniors, to those in recovery, well, then he might call us hospitable. Of all the things, that Jesus will call the members of this church. I really think that fool is at the bottom of the list. Because none of this faithfulness and obedience, forward thinking, cooperation, compassion, nurture, oral hospitality happens without you. And I'm grateful to God for you, and I recognize that God has brought us, this little band of people, together. We are blessed by one another. We're blessed by God to be in this community. And it's important that we recognize how blessed we are. At the very heart of today's lesson is a man that did not seem to understand that the blessings that he enjoyed in his life came from the rich abundance of God's work, of God's creation. 
Verse 16 says, the land of a rich man produced abundantly. It does not say, a rich man produced abundantly. Right? It does not even say that the land of a rich man who was a really amazing farmer produced abundantly. It says, the land of a rich man produced abundantly. The credit of the blessing goes to the land. It goes to that which God created. The problem for the rich man was not abundance. That is not why Jesus called a man a fool. The problem for the rich man was that he did not have a sense for which the source of the abundance came from. Martin Luther King Jr. continued in his sermon. He said, now if you read that parable in the book of Luke, you will discover that this man utters about 60 words. And do you know in 60 words, he says, I and my more than 15 times. In 60 words. This man was a fool because he said, I and my, so much until he lost the capacity to say we and our. And then he said, there are a lot of fools around because they fail to realize their dependence on others point at the very heart of his crusade for civil rights in America, and one that we should come back to again and again as we try to live in to this beloved community together. But then he goes on to say this man was also a fool because he failed to realize not only his dependence on others, but his dependence on God. He said, do you know that the man talked like he regulated the seasons? That man talked like he gave the rain to grapple with the fertility of the soil. That man talked like he provided the dew. He was a fool because he ended up acting like he was the creator instead of a creature. In other words, like a great preacher, like a great preacher, God offers the call and we get to respond. God offers the call and we get to respond to the abundance he shows to us in our lives. And everyone can join in this response, no matter how big they are, And no matter how loud their response can be, everyone gets to join into the response. The other day, I brought my daughter Lucy with me to work. She's two. She helps me to get a lot done, trust me. For the record, by the way, Lucy was not the one that questioned my preaching. Now, you may not know this, but As a staff, we get together at 11 o'clock, Monday through Thursday, to read scripture and to pray, right here. 
in Melrose Chapel. As part of our prayer time together, we leave some space so that if anyone would like to offer a prayer request, they, they may. And when someone lifts up someone or something, we naturally respond with hmm or mm-hmm, a way to kind of affirm what someone is praying, you know? As we prayed together that day, something beautiful happened with Lucy squeezed into the pew beside me. Someone prayed for Matthew, who is struggling with cancer. And we all said, hmm. And then the littlest, hmm, came from the baby beside me. For Helen, who lost her husband. And we all said, mm hmm. And mm hmm came from the baby beside me. And it went on for the rest of the prayer. And, and, and there was Lucy joining her voice with ours, saying, mm hmm. Today, as we offer this ritual of commitment, to the work of our church. I hope you think of it simply as a way of joining your voice with the babies that sits crunched into the end of the pew. The way of saying yes to the needs of our community. A voice that says yes to the well-being of those that need care. A voice that says yes to the abundant promises offered to us in Jesus. That today, at the top of the list, the names that Jesus might call us, we might find the name generous. This is a generous community. This annual giving video is a wonderful example of what this church can do. It's a collaboration, this program you're about to see is a collaboration between Accent Pontiac, the work of Glenn Miller, and our music program, and many volunteers here at our church. It features this group of people right here. Have you guys seen this video yet? You've seen it, some of you? I think you're gonna love it. As you watch the video, I do hope you'll find your commitment cards in your bulletin. We will ask you to bring those forward. Uh, after the video and while the children are singing. If you've already pledged, you can just write on your pledge card, I've already pledged, write your name and that you've already pledged and you will, uh, you will still be able to participate in the ritual. I hope you enjoy the video. <laughs> 